Praise God, I just want to share some things um, that I believe uh, are on my heart right now, but I believe are important. We launched our Arise Scotland Friday night meeting um, just a few days ago, and we're blessed uh, to get it off the ground. We'd been looking to do something for quite a while, Stevie McKee and myself, and we'd been looking to do this meeting for quite some time. And uh, we're going to do it before lockdown. And we, we're going to do it with the same thing in mind before lockdown, which was that we needed to have some kind of convocation gathering for a purpose. And it's, the purpose, of course, is a revival, the Great Awakening. We're believing God for that. But, you know, when we talk about revival, we talk about Great Awakening. We're not just talking about it from the perspective of um, just getting folks saved, getting churches filled, that's all very important. But it's all about government. It's all about bringing in the kingdom, God's government in the earth. The ecclesia, the church, needs to step from, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm just going to give credit here to uh, Bert McCaig, who said this uh, at our meeting, and it really blessed me because it's so true. You know, he said the church is focused on the mark uh, commission that Mark's gospel of getting folks saved, every creature and stuff, the every creature commission. But it's time for us to step into the Matthew commission, which is the discipling of nations. And so that that's that's a big part of what I'm about ministry wise. And so Arise Scotland really wants to to really be a vehicle and uh, an expression of that concept and that idea in the earth of God's government coming to earth and you know, Scotland being the land of destiny what better place for it to to come through so we're looking at bringing those ideas and and that's why when we're talking about praying for revival and great awakening we're not talking about bawling squalling begging squealing and oh lord we beseech thee that's all right in its place and it's all right if the holy ghost is generating that type of prayer but we're looking at it from a different point of view, which is that we need a mature church to bring about the move of God, the Elijah end time revival, awakening, whatever you want to call it. I know a lot of people are calling it the Great Awakening. I'm I'm buzzed with that name. I like that name um, because it, it is what it is, and it's the Great Awakening. It's the the uh, the revival that dwarfs all other revival. Every other revival in history could could be all added together and wouldn't come close to the potency and impact and the sweep and the scope of what God wants to do in these days. You know, and I don't want to get into end time arguments. Is it the end times or whatever? You know, I, I live like a post-millennialist that, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a gospel age. But as you look around, you see that there's an uprising of the kingdom of darkness to prevent that, whether it's a great end time revival before Jesus comes back very soon or whether it's a case of that the gospel age will come in um, and we'll have uh, a millennium of blessing. Then Jesus returns, you know, the pre and post millennial. We're not going to argue that here today. I think you should live like a post millennialist and plan and strategize to be here uh, and plant in the kingdom. Anyway, so I, we're talking government and there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I, I was really blessed today. I've, I've shared it on my Facebook page. Um, I, I've linked to... Uh, something that John Edwards put. That man's on fire right now, John Edwards. 
he's put something out about what we're we're facing right now, and I I'm one hundred percent with it. Um, I did I do think he says Jesus is coming soon, but you know you can argue with that. The point is, we need a move of God, and we don't just need a move of God that gets loads of folks saved, because, but that's a big part of it, and I'm all for that side of it. But we need the people of God to mature very quickly and to arise, shine, step into their appointed place and start doing some governance, start doing some ruling and reigning with Christ. And this honour of all his saints to bring to national rulers and leaders, uh, prime ministers and other uh, appointed and elected officials, um, we need people to bring God's word upon them as a, as a judgment, as a punishment, as a as a curb and restraint on the rampant antichrist agenda. Let's not pretend anymore. Let's not play games with this anymore. We are living in a time where governments want to curb and suppress um, all liberty-loving uh, people, but certainly behind that, that satanic agenda of dominating, suppressing, and silencing the church with all this mask business and so on. I don't want to argue about safety protocols. You know, we all should practice good safety protocols. Nothing wrong with that, but we should have been doing it a long time before coronavirus or COVID-19 came on the scene. Um, but I don't think it's about safety. I think it's about control. More and more people are tippling to that, not just Christians, not just uh, you know zealots and fervent people, but um, even non-believers. And lots of people are saying they're not going to take this proposed vaccine and they know why, and they know that the vaccine is also part of the control agenda. So what I'm saying to you today is this. I want to be very brief about this. I don't want to get into it for too long. Just be very simple and 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 say this. Pray that wicked government plots, conspiracies, and particularly elected leaders, politicians, whatever you want to call them, that they be cast down, thrown out of office, that their plots and strategies come to nothing, and that God raises up righteous, godly people, or at least people who will do his will, and at least people who love liberty and don't want uh, Bill Gates' vaccine, don't want um, the control of um, social media giants, uh, media, and of course, uh, governments who are... And, and I live in Scotland, and I'm going to say this to you, we have corruption here. We have uh, a government at present uh, with, and I'm not talking about Westminster, I'm talking about the Scottish so-called government. Wicked to the extreme. And, you know, we, we're not going out with placards and all of that. The best place to deal with this is the prayer closet on your own bedroom or driving along in your car. Uh, and this honour have all his saints. I keep emphasising this. This isn't something just for leaders. But if you're in Scotland and you want to come to our meeting Friday 7.30 at the Glasgow Revival Centre, Tharsis Street, Glasgow, you can be part of what we're trying to do. We're, we're not being rebellious here. We're not talking about being rebel, rebellious. Everything in the believer is disposed to obeying government, to loving law and order, and to doing our best to be good citizens. But, 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 when we see tyranny, when we see uh, that control freak agenda going on, then everything in us rises up to combat that or, or to de defy that. And, you know, somebody recently asked me, was I going to rebel? And I don't like that word rebellion um, because, you know, that's that's of Satan. But we do defy, we do resist, we do because we resist the devil. 
and as as it's been attributed to many people, I think Tyndall, but certainly John Knox and others uh, who've said resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. We need people to understand that the resistance we're talking about, yeah, we, we can take part in meetings, we can we can sign petitions, we can revote in, in, in elections, but primarily the prayer closet. You know, Mary Queen of Scots feared John Knox more than all the armies of Europe for a reason, because she knew that that man had power with God. Do you have that power with God? Well, let me tell you, you do. You have that authority. And it's not to 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 wield uh, your scepter, your Bible, your two-edged sword. It's not to do that to get in your favourite party, but it is to wield it for the kingdom's sake and ask and demand and decree that we have righteous government in this nation. I'm talking Britain, I'm talking here in Scotland, Glasgow, um, where I am right now, but Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Inverness, Perth, Stirling, all these places, wherever you are on earth. Yeah, this is primarily to a Scottish and British audience maybe, but I know a lot of people watching this will be in America and other nations. Wherever you are, stand and declare and decree that only righteous government will be allowed Whatever you bind on earth will be bound, will be bound in, in heaven. We don't have unrighteous government in heaven. Think about that. We don't even have democracy in heaven. We don't have opposition parties or elections in heaven. Jesus is Lord. So we declare his lordship. Oh, I declare Jesus' lordship over Scotland right now. I declare the lordship of Jesus Christ over Britain right now. But I'm looking for people to join me in that. You know, we all need to be doing that. We don't say these things enough. We don't. We, we and you say, well, we need to pray, but prayer is not just begging, squalling, pleading God to do something and telling Him how bad things are. He knows how bad things are. He knows more than you and I. He needs a people who will pray more of a decree and declaration than than supplication and petition and intercession. Uh, at times, you know, we use all these types of prayer. Paul said that in First Timothy. Uh, when we're dealing with these national issues and we're dealing with people and, and governments and rulers. But too often all our prayer is just petition, supplication, begging, squalling, you know, oh God, do something. So we, we need to be against that. We need to we need to, to resist that, uh, uh, un, uh, the unrighteousness. And uh, we do that by decree, we do that by declaration, we do that by speaking his word not just always begging God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sure you do. The point is very simple. We need the people of God to be the ecclesia, which means governmental assembly. We need people to take the mantle of a rulership and, go and governance. And, and we're not talking about being arrogant and haughty here and bossing people about. We're not bossing anybody about. We're simply declaring the lordship of Christ, the kingdom sovereignty of God over all his creation, and that the throne that Jesus sits on, seated at the right hand of God the Father, and you and I with him in heavenly places are by locality with him. We need people to understand and be conscious of that position and rule and reign from the heavens, not just beg and, and, and plead from earth. So I'm just going to read this to you. It's from Kelly Varner's wonderful book, Moses the Master and the Man-Child. I could read the whole book, it's so good. But but here's what he said. He said, and he, when he says the anointed one... Uh, no, sorry, let me read this, sorry. All creation awaits the manifestation. This is from Romans 8. All creation awaits the manifestation and unveiling 
of the Son, that's Jesus, in and through a vast company of sons and daughters. And, and as this book is about, it's not just the Son, Jesus, it's the man-child, the corporate overcomer, Christ in his fullness, the body, the perfect man of Ephesians 4. In other words, the many-membered body of Christ, which includes you, includes me, and, and the millions of saints who've gone before and who are here now. Uh, you know, the innumerable company uh, of, of, of Christians, um, the many-membered body, the man-child. So uh, Christ is not just Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, but Christ is also the company of anointed ones, which is the church, uh, universal and, and eternal. We're part of that. So we can function in that realm. I, I want to just share this. I just feel it's on my spirit to do it. I, I wasn't intending to speak in this, but I want to say it. When we consider the nature of God, and what I mean by, by the nature is, 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 is the, the, the makeup of God. He's a spirit, and and the spirit realm, the glory realm, the heavenly realm is where God dwells, God the Father, and that's where Jesus went to, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes from. And then we have angels, and we have we we have the glory realm. But when you consider the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in every believer, that means if you can understand this scientifically, that there's a holographic hologram element to this. In other words. The Holy Spirit is in each person. And the potential of the Holy Spirit in each person. You know, we, we talk about giants of the faith, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, these men. Uh, Mariah Woodworth Etta. Oh, if I could only have that walk with God. If I, but, you know, they've got the same Holy Spirit. They have the same Holy Spirit you have right now. They just, there was more of the Holy Spirit functioning through them in anointing for service, but but also also in their personal lives. In other words, that you have access to the limitless expanse of the Holy Spirit. He can be as big in you and even a hundred times bigger in you as he was in them because wherever he is, and this is a holographic thing, you know, a holograph or a hologram, when you see one facet or aspect of it, you see the whole of it. In other words, the whole of the thing is manifest in, in, in the one facet of it, okay? I'm trying to say this scientifically. Maybe a mathematician or whatever could say it better than me. I'm, I'm, I'm a layman when it comes to that stuff. But it, it's, it's all about dimensions. You know, when we look upon a plane, we see, we see at the side of a house, we see length uh, and, and height, uh, uh, but, but we don't necessarily see the full, uh, the full depth. Uh, because it's it's hidden, the foundations are hidden. You know, we live in three-dimensional space, but there are dimensions beyond the three. So that when you when you look at a, a two-dimensional thing or a one-dimensional thing, which is a line, or a two-dimensional thing, you don't always see the hiddenness behind it. But 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 you you see the whole of it, but only in, on a certain plane, if that makes sense, or only in certain dimensions. And what I mean by that is is that. You as a believer, you've Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, glory is dimensions way above three. It's multidimensional, and and it's it's the realm of of possibility. Um, it's the realm of possibility. There are no impossibilities. With God, all things are possible. So you're you're you have access to that. 
you don't feel it sometimes you're walking about in your broken down body feeling oh but within you is all of the glory realm because christ is in you so we need to start thinking along those lines and start understanding that the god who can change things nationally like that lives in us and all we have to do is let him loosen us and we let him loosen us by speaking his word obeying his will speaking his purpose and decreeing it in the earth. I hope you've understood that. I'm going to maybe try and explain it better if not. But really what I'm saying to you is is that we, we sometimes just look at something and all we see is a certain aspect of it. But behind that is, is the full package. And you are somebody who carries within you. You carry within you Christ, the hope, the expectation of glory, which means that when you say thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you're releasing Christ, the King of glory, into your circumstances. You need to do that for your nation. The Lord bless you, folks.